Hello and welcome to the Red Men TV. Uh, in this mad lockdown that we are in, we are still sponsored by The Athletic and I've got a great show lined up for you today. This is taken from a Red Men TV subscriber show. It's evergreen content. It's absolutely brilliant. It's me and James Pierce, The Athletic journalist. And of course, if you still want your football news, The Athletic is still doing the business. Um, so for a seven-day free trial and 50% off your yearly subscription, go to theathletic.co.uk forward slash Redmen TV to get that. Uh, there's a whole host of wonderful articles being put up there daily, not just by the Liverpool lads, but by some of the uh, greatest writers in the UK. Uh, but as I, as I mentioned, this show is me and James Pierce, and we talk about the rise and fall of Brendan Rodgers. I think the great thing with Klopp is, you know, he is this great, you know, he, he, has, a, he has big power at the club, mm -hmm. quite rightly so, because of what he's achieved, but... He's not a control freak. He's not someone that that wants it to be all about him. He, you know, he he surrounds himself by really, really good people. Yeah. And some people in his position would maybe see a, having really good people around him as a, some kind of threat, or mm -hmm. or you want yes men or or whatever. But he's he's never been like that. Well, let's draw the parallels to the Brendan Rodgers stuff because I think it actually all ties in rather rather nicely. Really, is that you know there's, there's so many stories there of like him not. It may be pulling away from Gerard and Carragher because you know you could you can speculate on that, but the feeling was that Brendan didn't maybe handle those guys with the big reputations who had more maybe a bit more power or stature or whatever at the club than him. Whereas Jurgen Klopp, that, I think the the peace of mind of being a, a long term thing or having that long term contract has allowed him to to kind of develop the 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 players and what have you, but. You, you see it all the time with managers, don't you? They don't refresh around them. And that might have been a fear with, with Klopp to some extent. But since since Buvac has, has moved on, obviously Pep Landers has, has, has come in. Now he's talking about bringing Matos in, is the, the, is, is filling his previous role in my view. Is that another part of how Liverpool have developed this stability? Because obviously Brendan Rodgers maybe. Maybe it was in terms of his, his contract or his, his role to club, I don't know. But maybe a personal insecurity kind of hampered Liverpool's. Long term plan. Yeah, I think I think there was a bit of that. I think I kind of had to remind myself this week when I was doing the stuff on Rogers that he was thirty nine when he yeah. took over as Liverpool manager and 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 that's why I've got when people say, Oh, he was he was arrogant or he you know, he put on a bit of a front or whatever and I was thinking, God, you know what? You know, to come into a club as big as Liverpool when you know, he didn't have a glistening C V that immediately commanded respect. You yeah. know, there's a lot of people that a didn't want Kenny to go in the first place, or B wanted Benitez back, or C wanted a manager with with you know of a, of a higher caliber than Rogers in terms of what he'd achieved in the game already. So I've I've always got sympathy for Rogers in terms of people saying oh he was too full of himself. So I was thinking well he had to you know if if he if he'd come in as some shrinking violet I think he'd have been eaten alive in yeah. a job as as big as as Liverpool. But you know I think the knock on effect of that was. There was always this trust issue, I think, and you see that probably best in, you know, there was always friction. You know, it was well documented over the years in terms of with Rogers and the transfer committee, and you know, with Michael Edwards, and you contrast that to the fantastic relationship Klopp has with Michael Edwards. That you know, he, I think, where Rogers maybe saw that as a threat, and you know, you know don't you tell me, you know, I, I'll tell you who we, who we want, you know, don't you tell me who you think we, and and Klopp is very much, oh, you know, you know, oh, you tell me about that player, you know, yeah. what, why, you know, and he. I think that's one of his big strengths is is you know being in rather than seeing that as like someone sticking their Challenging business and a threat power, to his yeah. authority and well, look, I'm the main man. Have you watched 
have you watched the Moneyball or Red or, or Red Moneyball? Like, there's so many similarities in that. And when we're, with what Billy Bean does with the Oakland yeah. Raiders in the early stages when it's not working, when he, and he has to double down and he maybe puts the manager, you know, the, 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 the under the GM under more and more um, under more and more pressure. It felt a bit like it felt a little bit like that. Looking at Rogers, he's obviously doubling down and and and, and probably digging himself in a little bit more than he would because he he clearly felt under pressure, particularly with the transfer stuff, and it led to some really some really really uh, disjointed thinking. I think in how that squad was constructed. Yeah, yeah, and it was I mean, it was almost like an uneasy compromise and like a bit of a marriage of convenience from the start, wasn't it? With you know Liverpool were dead set on having this structure with a young coach, sporting director. Yet completely ditch that because Rogers said he wasn't prepared to work in that in that structure. Then they created the transfer committee, which obviously Rogers at the time would have felt, you know, that's a triumph for me. No sporting director, I'm the main man. But then suddenly you had this situation which didn't really, you know, neither the owners or Rogers really got what they what yeah. they wanted. And then um, you know, probably what didn't help Rogers was when they did back him in that first summer with, you know, at the time what was big money to Liverpool for Barini and Joe Allen. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then when they, you know, when clearly they don't give you a return on that investment, it's bound to then go. Well, I'm, well sorry, Brendan, but we're not going to like back you on, you know, Ashley Williams or Ryan Bertrand when all the, you know, the data and the analysis is telling us something different. Um, so yeah, I, I think that trust was always an issue there. But that's, I mean, just right from the start, that's that's just it's just not it's just not been an issue under under Klopp. And um, you know, in terms of when it comes to Klopp appreciating the input of good people around him. I think probably Pep Linders is kind of the epitome of that. You know, a guy that, you know, Rogers didn't even, uh, sorry, the, the Klopp didn't even know before he came in. Yeah. Um, and, and again, you know, a lot of people would have just gone, you know, see you later. You're not, you're not my man kind yeah. of thing. But it's, it's in Klopp's nature to, to give people a chance. He'd obviously heard fantastic things about Pep Linders and, and, and his, his coaching and, and knowledge of the game. And, you know, he's and in terms of his kind of standing at the club, it's just absolutely rocketed. I think that's underlined by how quickly Klopp moved to get him back. You know, we you know we completely understood why he wanted to go to Holland and have that stint managing. It didn't work out for him, and you know he ended up inviting him over to to Kiev for the Champions League final, and and you know not only offering him his old job back, but you know essentially offering him. Um, you know more responsibility, and that's that's grown and grown. Obviously, now to a point where it's just not realistic for Pep Linders to be that kind of key link between the academy and the first team, which he you know he's kind of been handling that plus assistant manager, and that's obviously led to uh, Vitor Matos coming in from from Porto. Um, but yeah, you know I think speak to the players, and they all rave about Pep Linders. It's yeah. um, you know the the quality of the training sessions he puts on just. I think you only had to see him do his the press conference at MK Dons to see he's a he's such an engaging guy. I don't he, think that was the most interesting pre-match press conference <laughs> I've ever I've ever watched ever. And I, and I, I mean, look, say I'm sure you've watched. Well, you have. You've watched I'm more press conferences than I have. I'm certain of it down, the, down over the last decade. That was yeah. That was there was he was he was engaging. He was insightful. Klopp's always good value, isn't he, in press yeah. conferences? But. Um, that in terms of Pep, I was because it came out of nothing. You know, it came out of nowhere. I had no expectations of him. I had no real idea of how he can how he would conduct himself. But I, uh, I think it's telling just how how mature, how well how well he spoke, how enthusiastically he spoke was really contagious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's and you no, know, I think he probably would have been a little bit nervous before doing that, just because you know, the first press conference he's done. I mean, he does 
he has done a fair few interviews. I've interviewed him a few times and I've always come away thinking, you know, <laughs> I, always, I always come away thinking, well, I thought I love football. But this, this <laughs> fella's like, uh, this fella's on a whole a whole different level. You know, it's just, is you know, his, his passion for the, uh, passion for the job and his knowledge is just absolutely r- ridiculous. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, you speak to people and he's like an absolute sponge in terms of absorbing information and having the knack of not not overcomplicating things with players. You know, he's not one of those coaches that sounds like he's swallowed a, a manual. Um, you know, he picks picks the right things, you know, from analysis to 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 give the players just enough rather than overburden them with information. Um and yeah, he's just he, he's a huge asset to, to the club. Um, yeah, and it, it'll be interesting. I'd, you know, obviously, people will wonder whether whether he is being groomed for maybe a bigger role further down the line. I'm not sure. I think you know, it, it's it, you know, it's I, you know, they're, they're, he's he's certainly valued absolutely immensely. But um, you know, whether you know, he had that short stint obviously in Holland, which didn't work out great for him, and you know, I'm sure he'd be even better for the experience of that. But um, yeah, Liverpool are just very lucky to have someone like him on board. I think it made people feel a lot, a lot calmer because we've seen a lot of this stuff. Of like, his cops not looking to extend his contract. He might take a sabbatical. He might do this and this. And I think a lot of it is just everyone loves a bit of fear, don't they? You know, what yeah. I mean? you, know you know, particularly for people outside out, outside of the football club or fans of other clubs or you know, journalists with, with with different backgrounds and what have you. But whether he ends up being the the the, the next Liverpool manager, it made everyone feel a little bit more like, oh well. If we had to, <laughs> no, because Steve, I think everyone, Klopp, Klopp even referenced Steven Gerrard himself the, yeah. the, the other week. I think Gerrard is the one that everyone would have, you know, if you, if without having to look at whether he's a good manager or not, or looking at stats or anything, any metrics, Gerrard is the obvious candidate, um, just because he, he, he's Steven Gerrard and he is currently, uh, currently a manager, but, you know, whether he you can bridge straight from Rangers into Liverpool is obviously going to be the big concern there. But whether again, whether Linders can go from second division, um, a, you know, Dutch side failure to being Liverpool manager is, is is probably a bigger jump. But if the thought of you could maybe get some continuity, so it just I say nothing to be seen in the here and now. Yeah, but it did at least. It, it raised the question or the possibilities, I guess, which is yeah. which is something. And the and the, I think the stuff about uh, Klopp being hamstrung without Bovac seems to have gone gone quite quiet. <laughs> Honestly, Jay, the, so uh, I wrote a, wrote a book about last year, about, and it was the the first half of the season. Whenever it was this spell last season when we were drawing a lot of games, and the amount of times that it's since Bovac is gone, <laughs> it's all gone to hell, etc., etc. Yeah, it's funny how things funny how things change. I want to just jump back to the to some of the the Rogers stuff because I, I think so so much of it is so interesting. I don't want to. You know, I, 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 I want to come on to where he is as a man now, really, because I think it's, I think it's important. But I don't want to feel like we're, we're, we're digging him out or going too much into maybe his, his failing or saying that he wasn't a good manager, because I, I think he is. I think he's, he's proven that. But go back to that, that his initial signing. I think the Van Gaal stuff's really interesting because, obviously, being lined up for, for director of football. Do you acknowledge how, clo- how close was that? Because it, it's... It's an alternate universe right now, isn't it? You know, but you yeah. think about it because Van Gaal goes on, he gets the Manchester United job. I still see Man United fans now referring to uh, the Solskjaer appointments at the moment as the dark days of Van Gaal, which I'm sure you know will seem a lot brighter by comparison, hopefully, in the, in the, in the coming weeks. But um, how, 
how close, you know, would Van Gaal, would Van Gaal have taken that? He, that, was, that he was, he was definitely keen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, um, in the end, it was it was from Liverpool's side the fact that it, it didn't happen, um, just because Rogers was was absolutely adamant that he wasn't prepared to to work in that in that structure. And I think he, he um, I remember being told at the time that he you know, he'd, he'd basically, I think he'd gone for kind of reassurance with the owners three times that can you guarantee me that if I do agree to take the job, you will not bring someone in above my head I'm not you know I'm just not prepared to you know I need total control I think Rogers I remember him telling me that you know he felt as if his at the time his kind of one failure was at Reading and he felt that a big part of that was having to work with the director of football so he almost like he'd been stung by that kind of structure before um and didn't want to go down that that road but um yeah I think the ironic thing is probably what Brendan saw as a, a kind of a a triumph, in, you, know, it, it, you know. Actually, I actually think it probably would have, would have done him a lot of good having yeah. having someone more more senior there because um, there's a bit of like the David Moyes appointment in that, isn't there? You know, where I think he was heavily advised at the time to keep on Ferguson's as much of Ferguson's staff as possible yeah. and decided to clean house and make it make it make it his own. Whereas you know, Brendan, I, I guess it, people probably call it we'll call it hubris. Because I think that's something that's been associated a little bit with with Brendan, but I, I, I'm not sure if it is hubris as such at that time. Maybe it, it maybe it is a bit of it's self preservation, probably you know, or, or maybe a bit of fear or something on it. On it. Yeah, on his I think. Yeah, I think you know, he probably just just wanting to ensure that he could do everything on his terms, and then you know, as it was, you know, what he obviously thought that that was the way things were going to be but it quickly became apparent that it that it that it, it wasn't that he was that he was going to have to you know he didn't have a director of football as such but you know he was still going to have to work with with other people that he would have to convince about certain you know transfer decisions if they were if they were going to happen and i think the shame is because Brendan Rodgers he you know that he he's clearly now a much better manager you know, seven years down the line than he than he was then. I think you know he'd probably admit himself that he made mistakes when he was at Liverpool. But from the absolute word go at Liverpool, the the players loved his sessions. You know, yeah. they, they, there was never any issues with that. You know, he was incredibly hands on um, in terms of you know being at the heart of all the sessions. You know, the the commitment to to attacking football and and dominating possession and. You know they they absolutely they absolutely that that was his massive strength being on the training ground. I think where he had issues was the man management side off the club dealing with star names, big personalities. I think certain players felt as if there was a situation where he was saying one thing to their face, and then what was going on elsewhere didn't really back up that you know wasn't being completely honest, um, and that that then created um, you know f- friction, but. No, I think it, one one thing that that annoys me is you know I still I still seen some comments today on the back of the, the uh, you know the, the long read on his tenure that myself and Simon Hughes have done is this idea that 2013-14 was all down to Luis Suarez <laughs> yeah. because um, you know I kind of was going back through that season um, putting that piece together and I mean that was just an absolutely incredible you know obviously we've been spoiled since in yeah. terms of what's happened but. You know, I I remember doing interviews with kind of Anfield legends, for, you know, saying we haven't seen football like this since the late eighties. Yeah. You know, this this is like 
this is absolutely you know on, on a different planet. You think of the Arsenal home game, and yeah. you know, they, they they came to Liverpool as league leaders that day, and were four 0 down in twenty minutes. And um, that was one of the that until Jurgen Klopp coming. That I think that was the best performance yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah, at Anfield. yeah, and you know even that you know thrashing Tottenham five 0 at White Hart Lane and demolishing Everton four 0 in the derby. I mean, you know I know you know Brendan obviously when things were going badly. Some of the things he came out with were used as a stick to beat him with. But one of my favourite quotes he came out with, I remember him, him kind of lauding it in the old Trafford press room, having beaten Moyes' team 3-0. And, and he said, uh, I think one of his quotes was, uh, it was it was United Stadium, uh, their fans, but it was our ball. And, uh, and the best thing was, Liverpool had about 40% possession that day. So it, didn't even, it didn't really even yeah, stack up. He, but it he's was had like, that, he'd had that one written before, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the day before, probably. Um, but that you know, and there was so much to admire about that season. I think you know people accuse him of being tactically naive and all the rest of it. But he, you know, that season, you know, the way in which he changed the formation four three three to four 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 two diamond. We had you know yeah. Sterling. It wasn't you know obviously Suarez was you know it, it was absolutely. He was arguably the third best player in the world. Yeah, oh, he was. Sure. You know, <laughs> some of the things he did that season were just crazy. But you know, well, just you know, he got the best best season. That Daniel Sturridge ever had out of him, you know, he got. You know, that was really the season where Jordan Henderson's Liverpool career really clicked into gear after the last a, Gerard Hurrah. Yeah, well. yeah, reinventing Gerard as the as the kind of deep lying playmaker. You know, you, you know, you think about the form that John Flanagan produced during that running. You know, that was the best football he's ever produced. Martin Skirtle, the best period. You know, he's ever had in his career. He so scored was, seven goals that season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it was, you know, that I always think you know people accuse. I think it's very harsh to say that, you know, because of what happened around the Chelsea game, then then there's the accusations of naivety, with too gung ho, you know, didn't need to go chasing that game, which you know, obviously in hindsight, what was it seven points in three games, and and Rogers would have been the man to bring the Premier League title back to Liverpool. But I've also got a lot of sympathy with the idea. Well, hang on a minute, Liverpool have won eleven on the spin. That they they'd got into that position playing a certain brand of football. If if he'd suddenly changed it and, and gone all cagey and Liverpool had lost, he'd have got absolute pelters for that. Yeah. So um, it was a team in the red line by that point, wasn't it? It was like you know you, you've just got to put your foot down yeah. to the floor and trust that it doesn't that the engine doesn't blow because there's nothing more you can you, you can do to that because if you if you change it, do you lose momentum? Do whatever. I think you talk to the players. I don't think they begrudge it. You know, they talk to, no. we spoke to Lucas Lever a couple of years ago and he says it's the same. Well, what are you going to do? You know, you, you're going to come in and rip it all up and, and and change the way, change what's got you there for that one game. It it wouldn't have it would have sat uncomfortably. And it's funny because Klopp actually referenced this before Kiev when he said, are you, "What are you going to do? It's Real Madrid." And he was like, "Am I going to go into the changing room now and go, right, lads? All that stuff we've been doing, forget it because it's Real Madrid. How's that going to how how does that impact the way that the players think about everything you're doing? Yeah, I think you're right. He gets a he gets a bad rap. What, what do you think is what do you think Brendan Rodgers' legacy is at, at Liverpool? Because it's a tough one, isn't it? Because he's kind of, you know, he, he he's remembered as much for that that season as he is for the for the, for the low points. Obviously, there's the the FA Cup against Aston Villa. Yeah. There's the six one drubbing away at Stoke in the last game of the season. Gerrard's last game as a Liverpool as a Liverpool player is that is that game. There's some of the missteps. There's the there's the Joe Allen's. There's the being Liverpool quotes, you know, all all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, what, how do how do you feel he he is being remembered, and in, in probably a little bit more time will be remembered. Yeah, I think you know, I think for, we remembered as 
helping to develop and bring through good young players. I think, you know, he effectively, you know, launched the career of Raheem Sterling. I think, you know, you look at the career that Jordan Henderson's gone on to have. I mean, you know, I think he showed that, you know, he's not completely set in his ways with, you know, Henderson's a good case in point in which he came in and pretty much before he'd even started working with him had made had decided, ah, he's not for me. You know, I don't think this 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 fella's good enough yeah. and was prepared, obviously, to offload him to, to Fulham and get Clint Dempsey the other way, which I <laughs> think... The, there are so many uh, comic book writers could have a field day, you know, there could be a Spider-Verse <laughs> style situation where you go through all the things that if Brendan Rodgers got his way, you know, where, where would we be today? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, but, you know, but then again, he was also... You know the man that that really got Henderson going at Liverpool and yeah. and and gave him the the captaincy, which you know you know four years down the, down the road he's still the Liverpool captain and a Champions League winning captain. Um, I think you know he did he did make mistakes. I think I think you look at that summer of twenty fourteen and and that that's essentially what absolutely killed the momentum yeah. that Liverpool had because I think. That that was the and that that was a collective failure. I wouldn't just pin that on Rogers. I think you know there were other there were other mistakes. But um... what I thought was interesting, I think Sai Hughes puts in the article that and I, it's something I'd never I'd never known before because Alexis Sanchez was the was where all the hopes and dreams yeah, were pinned yeah. that summer. And um, there's there's a there's a bit in there where he talks about Rogers and Air going over to Brazil. And while Arsene Wenger's basically chasing Alexis Sanchez around around the, the country. They sat on the sat, sat sat on the beach. Now I know that obviously there'll be a degree of flourish, I guess, to that because it's a nice <laughs> it's a nice image of them two playing uh, playing beach volleyball around a little bit <laughs> bikini clad ladies, doubtless because we know he and air. Um, whilst Arsene Wenger's put in the hard yards, but I thought that, I just thought that was a really interesting insight to it. You know, the the you know not all Rogers isn't entirely culpable, but there's always situations where maybe could more have been could more. Have yeah, been I think. You know that that summer was was a car crash really in terms of, you know, I remember being every there, there every step of the way during the the preseason and, you know, they they they'd known that that Suarez was 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 gonna was gonna gonna go, um and and the lack of plan in place was was alarming. You know, it was, you know, I can understand at the time, you know, missing out on on Sanchez. You know that. You know, Liverpool were absolutely adamant that Sanchez had told them it was a it was a family decision and he wanted to go to London. Um, but it was more the kind of like it, it just seemed like a real, just not a clear plan. I remember I remember Rogers saying oh, we're going to go for Wilfred Boney, and like yeah, we're Boney's the one. And then like kind of two days later, it was oh Boney wants hundred grand a week. You know that's 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 not. So where'd you go for me? Oh, and then and then it was like well I think we might go for Benzema, and it was like. How do you go from Sanchez to Boney <laughs> to, to Benzema? It yeah, was like, yeah. and then it was like, you know, is Benzema still a possibility? No, 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 no that's, that's not going to happen. Yeah, and it was, you know, and obviously that was the summer as well with you know Loic Remy coming out. I remember being in Boston and seeing Loic Remy at the hotel, and you know he'd had his medical, and then two days, three days later, you, where's the announcement? And then you find out that he'd failed the medical, medical, and Liverpool felt it was too much of a gamble, and then. You know, and you, you just, it was just ridiculous to the point where... Well, it makes you understand, knowing that, how it will end up with Balotelli. Yeah, and I mean, I had this conversation with Simon because Simon said to me, do, do you think... Because I was, I was there in you know, on, on that America tour where Rogers said, you know, absolutely no chance would we sign Balotelli. And 
And Simon said to me, did you think, was that, was that him deliberately misleading journalists? And I said to him, you know, 100% not. I said, I remember like speaking to him off the record as well and him saying, you know, I don't know where, you know, I genuinely believed him that he, you know, he, I remember him saying to me like, do you really think I've spent, you know, you know, the last few years building up this dressing room to bring in someone as divisive as him? But it was, it was more kind of the fact that so many other potential targets went by the wayside that then it reached a point where he was he was told you know you either you either take Samueletto or you take Balotelli, and it was like you know Eto was about fifty seven by then, <laughs> so it was like well I'll I'll, I'll have to, I'll I'll take Balotelli and I still think I think I think although Rogers wasn't completely culpable in that and it was a collective issue I think also it did I think there definitely was a little bit of his ego in terms of if I'm the man who puts who, who you know, it, you know, Mancini couldn't do it, Mourinho couldn't do it, yeah. but you know, he hasn't worked with me yet. You know, and I remember him saying, you know, I've had you know three hours in the office with Mario, and he's promised me, you know, and you're like, do you not think maybe a few others have had the same promises? <laughs> and then you know, and and very quickly, you know, you just thought, God Almighty, you know, the you know the the, the drop off, and Liverpool just completely lost their identity, didn't yeah. they? And and then I think as things unravelled. He just couldn't. He, he was he was always playing catch up then, and um, you know, w- with hindsight, the end should have come really in the in the su- in, in the summer after that that Stoke game because um, you know I, I remember I remember that preseason tour to the far east in Australia in 2015, and it wasn't particularly pleasant cover, cover, covering that because Rogers by that point had kind of cut off. You know, I, I used to be able to go down and see him in his office once a week, and that had completely kind of bitten the dust because he'd felt the the coverage was too critical on the back of the six one at Stoke, and, you know, and <laughs> it was you know, and it was you know, at one point he it, wanted to see the comments in the yeah. live stream we were doing for that game. If he, if he I should have focused on the positives that day, really. Uh, <laughs> Stephen Gerrard. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was you know, and, and then you had you know a bit of a crazy situation that summer where it was like, well, you, you know. If you you know you can have Benteke, but you've got to take Firmino and you know just just trade offs like that, and then well, it know. was the Colin Pascoe stuff for me. You know, I mean, yeah. there's his, his best mate, almost as you know, his absolute right hand man, and it felt as though he kind of threw his coaching staff to the wolves to buy himself one last roll of the dice yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that I think, yeah, that, that 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 certainly didn't go down well, and um, yeah, and also you just thought at the time as well that and Sean O'Driscoll, you know, I remember. <laughs> You know, he seemed like a nice enough fella, but I remember doing an interview with him, and you didn't, you know, just after he'd arrived, really, and and you just thought, you know, like you can't tell me that getting rid of Colin Pascoe and Mike Marsh and bringing in and bringing in O'Driscoll and it was Gary McAllister, wasn't it at the time? You know, it, it, you know, it was. You, I don't think anyone could have looked at that really and thought, oh, oh you know, that'll 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 really transform things. Yeah. And um, so, I mean, it was sad the way it went in the in the end, and. You know, you think about the struggles, like beating, trying to, you know, getting, needing penalties to get past Carlisle in the League Cup, and um, it was that miserable home defeat one there against West Ham, which I think, you know, having spoken to people since, I think that was probably the game. I think that was back end of August. I think that was one, the one when FSG went, you know, this this isn't going to end well. We're going to have to look into our options, and um, but I think, yeah, in, in in terms of his legacy, I think, you know, I think, I think. It, You've got to appreciate where Liverpool were at when he came in. Yeah. You know, it's you know the the, the club wasn't anywhere near competing. Um, you know, hadn't even been. I think probably what sixth, 
sixth, eighth and seventh or something in the three seasons before he came in um, and didn't have a huge amount of money to play with. Very good coach. Man management let him down at times, but he gave us an unbelievable season in 2013-14. What happened that summer wasn't solely down to him. Um, and then when things went down the hill, he didn't, he, he couldn't pull it round. But um, no, I, I hope he gets a good reception at Anfield on, on Saturday. I don't, I don't think there's any reason why yeah. You know, he, it shouldn't be very respectful because I think also he's never said a bad word about Liverpool yeah, since yeah, he absolutely. left. You know, he, he you know he would have been incredibly hurt by the way it finished, and you know as disappointed as anyone. But um, yeah, I've got a lot of time for for Rogers. He was I've got to say he was he was great to deal with for the vast majority of his of his Anfield reign. Um, always tried to do his best for the club. It, it, you know, in the end, it wasn't quite good enough, um, and Liverpool have obviously gone to. A, an absolutely different level under the best manager in world football. He, he kind of puts the, the the groundwork in place, I think, for what Klopp's doing. And you think, you know, obviously Klopp takes the, the footballer's style on yeah. to, 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 to levels we've never seen before, really. But like, just things like playing out, the goalkeeper playing out from the back, you know, those those kind of things that we knew, that he, the, the, the fans have become, were acclimatized, he acclimatised the fans to. So the Jürgen Klopp didn't have to come in. It wasn't, Revolutionary in, in in some regards, a lot of the, a lot of the basics, and I think it, you know I, I think with the thing with Rogers is I don't think anyone begrudges him success really. You know I think people are looking at Liverpool fans are probably looking at what he's doing at Leicester. And there's a lot of people, a lot of people who just naturally didn't like him. I think there's a few people who maybe saw him as a bit of a a bit of a bullshitter or, yeah. or whatever, and maybe felt like they saw through him. But it never, no one ever questioned his ability as a as a, as a coach, as a, as a man who who had um, his tactical nous and what have you. Um, do we think? I mean, look, he's obviously a much more, he's a more mature man. He's a more experienced man. Celtic and look, Scottish football's not, not what, not what it was. You know, it's not what what it was when Alex Ferguson was coming through or, or what have you. But just having that experience will have, it, look, it will have made him a better man. It will have made him a better coach, and it should really come as no surprise that he's he's, he's getting a tune out of Leicester. Yeah, he? I think I think when he went to Leicester, you kind of thought that that's a really good fit. I think, you know, it was. Obviously, it didn't end well for him at Celtic. With you know, I think you know it, it kind of left a bit of a sour taste. I think the fact he didn't wait to the end of the season, although Leicester had made it abundantly clear to him it was now or never. Um, and I think I think Rogers knew that he would have to come back south of the border to yeah. to really kind of restore his reputation fully because you know probably a, you know, a little bit unfairly, but there would people will place an asterisk next to what he did at Celtic because. You know, it was it, yeah it was you know it's a one team league in many ways or it's, it was it was then um but you know I, I think he's just underlined what a good coach he is at Leicester and I think certainly now you know what seven years down the line from when he arrived at Liverpool so you know 46 I'm sure the other parts of the job you know he's 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 better at now in terms of the the, the man management and you know I think he seems to pick his words a lot more carefully these days as well I think you know, he's probably learnt that sometimes you can say too much, and then especially when things don't go well, there those words are then used as a, a stick to beat you with. 